Okay, people, tomorrow morning, 10 a.m., Santa's coming to town. Oh, my God! Would you please tell him that instead of presents this year, I just want my family back. Rudolph, with your nose so bright, won't you guide my sleigh tonight? It must be magic. I must find some way to keep Christmas from coming. Nobody's walking out on this fun, old-fashioned family Christmas. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? True, Charlie Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Seeing isn't believing. Believing is seeing. The best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear. Welcome back to another episode of Tis the Podcast, the podcast that's determined to keep the Christmas spirit alive 365 days per year. I'm Anthony. I'm Julia. I'm Tom. And I can't believe it's the last week of October. It's really crazy. I've started putting my Thanksgiving menu together. Your Charlie Brown Thanksgiving menu? Yes. My Charlie Brown thinks it's super simple. <laughs> what are we having? <laughs> popcorn, popcorn, toast, <laughs> jelly beans. Um, and I'm forgetting something. It's a four course. I've got to figure out what that fourth course is. <laughs> How was y'all's weeks? It's been a week. Did you say it's been no. a week? <laughs> oh, no. Oh, that's Not the worst. Again, <laughs> oh, that's the worst. How, How about y'all? I've been on vacation. Sad, it's been great. <laughs> I just have to get there tomorrow, then I have a four-day weekend. There you go. That's Is that when you're going to D.C.? Yes. And I promise not to hold up the bus with any romantic shenanigans in front of it. <laughs> I love that dig. Thank you for that. <laughs> there was a dig against the movie, not against you. <laughs> Did you guys, well, I know you guys have, what do you guys think about the fact that Emmett Otter is being remade by one of the Flight of the Concords guys? I am in it. That's crazy. I don't know what's going to happen, weird. but I'm in it. <laughs> I'm, I'm so excited. Like, is it going to be still Muppeted? Yes. Or Okay. All right. Yep. I didn't full. I didn't read the article, full disclosure. I saw the headline, got excited, and moved on. Um, Are you one of those people? I, some days. <laughs> today I was. <laughs> um, but, well, yay. As long as Muppets are still involved, I'm okay with that. As long as they, I just want them to use the, like, I hope they don't change them too much. Yeah, I hope they don't, too. I hope they change it a lot. <laughs> I hope they totally uh, redo it and it doesn't resemble the original. <laughs> <laughs> well, all I know is if they're not going to sing Ain't No Hole in the Wash Tub, I'm out. I would be out, too. Tom would oh. be all in. Tom would be hosting that episode and praising it up and down. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, and did you guys see the first photos of uh, that Christmas Carol miniseries starring Andy Serkis and um, uh, Guy Pierce. I am super uh, excited about that. I am too. And did you read the article for that one? I did read the article for that one. <laughs> I I'm did. super excited. They seem to be leaning into the more uh, unsettling aspects of the book. Yes, they did. Yes, I saw that. And I also liked their whole take on Guy Pierce being a yeah, adorable man and him being Scrooge and how usually Scrooge is this he looks as miserly as he is I liked it I think it'll give Guy Pierce a lot more muscle room to flex the Scrooge emotions and not have to rely on looking like a hag as well I hope you are correct <laughs> <laughs> I mean circus alone is going to be amazing he looked 
awesome in that one screen grab. He's the ghost of Christmas past, right? Uh, is he? Was that past? I thought it was past. He didn't look very joyful. Well, the joyful one is present. Yeah, but I mean, past a lot of times is that candle head or the, or yeah, a woman. That's right. I don't know. He looked a little creepy. I wasn't expecting past. I thought even maybe he was future, but I don't know. But I think that should be an early next year, uh, you know, do the mini series like over the course of a week or two. I can dig it. And see, there are a lot, there's lots of Christmas news breaking today. Did you guys see the trailer for Netflix's Let It Snow based on the book by John Green and two other authors? Some of us have to work, Anthony. I didn't see you know, that. <laughs> uh, some of us have to work too, Tom. In short, no, I did not. I didn't see yeah. that one. Um, I recently, the other night, watched the trailer with um, Kristen Davis and Rob Lowe, and it looks cute. Kristen Davis and Rob Lowe have a movie coming out? Yeah, they have a Netflix Christmas Christmas movie movie where she gets stuck in, she doesn't get stuck in Africa. She goes on her anniversary or honeymoon without her husband. They broke up, whatever. Trip to Africa and she meets him and he's super cute. I'm excited. Yeah, I I saw the description and the poster for that one and I was like, this does not look like it has atmosphere at all. (laughs) It won't have a snap bit of Christmas atmosphere, (laughs) but it has Rob Lowe and I'm sorry, that's okay with me. Rob Lowe. Is he, uh, is he going to be as neurotic as he is in Parks and Recreation? I don't know, but I really I love Chris Traeger. Do, I don't know if anybody can do that. <laughs> I don't know what I think of this Let It Snow trailer. When a snowstorm hits a small Midwestern town on Christmas Eve, a group of high school seniors find their friendships and love lives colliding. Thanks to a stranded pop star, a stolen keg, a squad of competitive dancers, and a mysterious woman covered in tinfoil. And an epic party at the local Waffle Town which is a ripoff of Waffle House, I'm assuming. Come Christmas morning, nothing will be the same. So is this like a raunchy Christmas movie? No. The book is it's no. like a teen type. At least the book was. And when I say teen, I don't mean like, you know, American Pie type teen. I mean like younger teen. Right. Right. But speaking of trailers, I would be remiss if we didn't mention a big pop culture trailer that just dropped online yesterday. What did y'all think of the Star Wars trailer, guys? It looks awesome. Full body chills. So excited. Me too. That music gets me every time. I don't know. It hasn't really. I don't know. It hasn't really been the same since Captain Kirk. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let me ask you a question, Tom. What do you feel about the fact uh, about Dumbledore the White coming back to save Frodo at the end of the Lord of the Rings? <laughs> I can't well, listen to this. <laughs> I don't know how else Frodo would have defeated Voldemort. <laughs> um, oh, did you mean, like? Did, but personally, my favorite thing is seeing the is seeing um, at the end when they're all back and everything's normal and they're showing them as grown ups. Just seeing Ron throwing a beer back with uh, Bilbo. <laughs> Dude, I would straight up pay to see that movie. Wouldn't you pay to see that movie? That'd be awesome. I, I would, would pay to see I, that movie. I hear nothing wrong with that statement. <laughs> <laughs> hey, did y'all hear about that face matching app? One of those that tells you which celebrity you look like that, you know, was popular this last week or two or whatever. Did y'all see any of that stuff on the interwebs? Nope. Well, there's one, right? Because there's always an app that people are wanting to alter the look of their face. Anyway, it matches you with your celebrity lookalike. Marty had multiple strikeouts. <laughs> it matched him more. <laughs> With Eddie Murphy, and then it matched him with like Cedric the Entertainer. 
And I'm like, uh, uh, no, I don't think that's right. But it did Marty get did. a major tan this summer? <laughs> no, he did not. He's still a pasty white guy. This one was on point. So Ethan did it and it matched his face to Martin Freeman. And the more I looked at it, I'm like, dude, you look like a young Martin Freeman. Straight up. I, that's your older son, right? Yes. Yes. I could totally yes. see that. I can totally see that. I was like, huh, look at that. That's a great person to look like. Who did he match you with? I didn't do it. <laughs> I take a hard no on lots of those facial match apps. <laughs> Is it because you're afraid of who they'd match you with? No, I just, a little bit, I yeah. I take a hard so pass That's exactly what I'm afraid of. <laughs> <laughs> I did that age yourself one, and then that was it. Done. No more. The one that the Russians <laughs> are using to gather more. The one that the Russians are using our faces for? That one. That's the one. One day we're all going to be in deep fake videos because we use that app. Don't if it's my old videos, face y'all. in deep fake videos, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I give a rip. Just one more question though about the Star Wars. Did you like episode eight, Julia? I've liked all of them. I mean, except the prequels. I've liked all the new ones for one reason or another to varying degrees. I liked eight, but I saw that G.J. Davila did not like eight. Yeah, I, and I know a lot of people do not. I know a lot of people like in person who did not like Abe. I really liked Dave. Yeah, I didn't mind it at all. That was fun. Yeah. What is I think it's the yet. milking. You didn't. You, you didn't see eight? You mm-hmm. should see eight at least you should before see you see nine. Every, you you have to see nine, Tom. <laughs> it's the end of the saga. Everyone has to see nine. Peer pressure works. Wait, 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 wait. Did you ever see Endgame yet? Mm-mm. Oh my okay, gosh. So he, he doesn't care about peer pressure or being part of <laughs> no, he doesn't. conversation. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I just care. I get so little time for uh, TV and movies. I want to watch things I'm going to like. Yeah. That you like know Lion you'll King. like. Like Lion King. Yeah. Just or to catch my interest. Like, I'm just... I'm burnt out on, on superheroes y'all and beyond I, I have superhero burnout i totally get that i say i get that but i'm not there yet no i'm and totally not there Marvel yet makes but i do it so understand. complicated that if you take a little break you're so far behind it's like eh, I'm gonna so that, that so hey. that's why i wonder how long how, how many more years is the connective universe gonna go like in 10 more years and it's all still connected like we're gonna be like what yeah. <laughs> have y'all watched Wait, hbo's watchmen yet no but i really want no. to Oh, well, I saw an article today that it kicks off with the Tulsa race riots. Uh-huh. Yep. I got so texted like by a friend of mine super in, interested. in the UK today who's like, hey, your city has a really effed up history. And I was like, yeah, yeah. it does. Uh, I'm assuming you're talking about the race riots. He's like, yeah, it's in Watchmen. So Yeah. Okay. So we're from Texas. So we grew up with it's Texas history, Texas history month and all of that stuff, right? So Marty grew up in Oklahoma. He grew up in Muskogee. His mom was a teacher. He was never taught about the Tulsa race riots, like ever. Oklahoma's tried to gloss it over. School. I, I mean, think... it's just shocking that they were dropping Christine, bombs from the, the air in school? and we never knew about it. Christine said she wasn't really taught about it, like nothing like it's what insane. it should have been at all. Well, I mean, I mean, our, his- our Texas history was pretty glossed over. We just learned basically about, you know, all the good parts, right? Sam Houston. Dave yeah, Crockett. but like to not even hear about it at all anywhere. I mean, that's a pretty effective glossing over. But yes, so it's I mean, all set in I Tulsa. Because doesn't it jump forward in the timeline after it opens up at the Tulsa race riots and it's like how life would be with an altered future? Is that right? I haven't yeah. watched this. Yeah, yes. It's the same it, 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 that is right. It, it's yeah, a sequel it's, to the original Watchmen story. I'm not familiar with that either. I mean, in school, Tom? were you taught about the Texas Chainsaw Massacre in school at all? I mean, I saw the movie. <laughs> See, I didn't know anything about it. Well, yeah, because that all happened in Texas, right? Around Austin or something. Leatherface. I don't think it's real. I was just being. No, it is based on a real thing. 
Oh, it is. Texas isn't it? Chainsaw yeah, it is, is based right. on a real thing. Is it? No, seriously, is it? Because I always yeah. thought it was just one of those BS based on a true story. No, I think it really is based on a true story. Well, now I feel bad for mocking that. Um, <laughs> Not that liberties weren't taken, but it is that is false. The film is fictional and based loosely on the life of serial killer Ed Gain. Oh, oh, see, loosely. I knew that bit. Based loosely. And it was but also, was they Wisconsin. originally tried to sell it to Disney, and Disney turned it down. But you guys didn't know that. <sighs> I didn't know that. That's shocking. That's shocking. Very shocking. Okay. So, speaking of Texas Chainsaw Massacre, it's the last week of October. Halloween is four days away, three days away, Thursday. So, mm-hmm. Monday. So there you go. Three days away. So for our last Spooky Month episode, we are covering Netflix's 2018's uh, The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, A Midwinter's Tale. So I'm just going to read the synopsis Netflix put out when they released it. That was the first one I found in the Googles. So the Church of Night, like all covens, celebrates the winter solstice, the longest night of the year, when families gather together around the Yule fire to sing pagan carols, tell ghost stories, and huddle against the supernatural creatures that come out to cause mischief. Since the winter solstice is when the veil between this world and next is at its thinnest, it's the perfect time to conduct a seance, which Sabrina convenes to try and contact her mother. But the holidays are also a time for guests and visitors, both welcome and unwelcome, and you never know what might come down the chimney. So this is episode 11 of The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. It was kind of their surprise episode they dropped between season one and two. For those who don't know, The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina is based on a comic book of the same name which is a darker take on the Sabrina the Teenage Witch mythology. A much darker take than the original characters that appeared in Archie. Even though they mentioned Riverdale, and this is still, they say, set in the Riverdale universe. But Riverdale's a darker take on Archie. So, uh, <laughs> so Family Guy, the, they do a reboot called The Q. Based on Riverdale, they blatantly say that. And like the kids go to sexy AF high school and they keep singing like, Sexy teens doing sexy things, and it's all I could think of now. Whenever I think about Riverdale, not so much, not so much Sabrina. Sabrina's got Sabrina's more like uh, all I could think about is satanic rituals and human sacrifices. And uh, I'm gonna go and get this out of the way. This is not a Christmas episode. You cannot have a Christmas episode about the worshiping of of the Dark Lord Satan. Let's get that later. Yeah, let's, let's end this now, Julia. We'll debate it later on. So. <laughs> First of all, I want to point out this appeared on. We this, I decided to put this on our schedule when somebody posted. I forget who. I think it was Disco Fifty Four when Sabrina first appeared. Posted about this when we did our X Files or Supernatural episode. I said to check it out, and that he liked the show, and told us to check it out. And then when they dropped a Christmas episode, I was like, oh, you know what? I'll, we should record one. We should do it for Disco. So Disco 54, for Disco. this one's for you. And Disco 54, that's not sarcasm. I'm glad for you. <laughs> um, so let's run through the cast real quick. Playing our protagonist, Sabrina Spellman, the half-human, half-witch teenager, is Kiernan Shipka, uh, who is probably best known for playing Sally Draper in Mad Men on AMC. Um, and she was also in... FX's feud, Bet and Joan, 
last year or two years ago. And those are her two biggest things, I think. I think she did a voice in uh, The Last Airbender as well. Hmm. Uh, playing Aunt Hilda is Lucy Davis, who has appeared on the show before. She played, most famously, Don Tinsley, the Pam character on the UK version of The Office. Mm-hmm. She was in Shaun of the Dead, and most recently in Wonder Woman as Etta Candy, the cute, precious little secretary to Steve Trevor. I love her. I love her, too. I think she's just so, like, there's some things very charming about her. Mm-hmm. I'm glad she doesn't stay dead. In this show? Yeah. Yeah, I am too. <laughs> uh, playing in Zelda, uh, Sabrina's stricter, and in this show, a little more scarier ant is... A little more murdery, maybe? Murdery? <laughs> a, a little more bdsm Is Miranda Otto, who I'm guessing both of you know best from Lord of the Rings. That's uh, where yeah. I knew her from before this. 100%. Yep, same. Um, oh God, the name's slipping me. Who does she play? She played um, Eowyn. She's Eowyn. That's it. Yep. Yeah. Not in the books, uh, but is in the movies. Yes. And uh, she's a good addition. What, she's a great she addition. I liked her. She should have been really in the books. She should. Yeah. <laughs> uh, she was also in Emma's War, The Thin Red Line, What Lies Beneath, the Netflix thriller, The Silence which I never heard of. And I, Frankenstein. Um, Who else? Playing Ambrose Spellman, Sabrina's warlock cousin, is Chance Perdormo. Um, She's an English actor who is in a show called uh, Killed by My Debt. And that's... uh, He was in Midsummer Murders, Shakespeare and Hathaway, Private Investigators. He's never really, this is his first starring role, I think. And uh, yeah, he's an original character. He, I think he takes the place of Salem, really. Well, confined to the house for crimes, sounding board for Sabrina, because I guess he didn't want the cat to talk, sadly, because oh. I love Salem. <laughs> I do too. Well, that's what they get for casting an actress who was allergic to cats. So She's allergic to cats? Yeah, that's why throughout the series they do not share a lot of scenes together, even though Salem isn't the show. Interesting. <laughs> um, that was a serious um, oversight, y'all. Uh, it was they, an oversight. Yeah. They did uh, talk in the future, though. But he hasn't talked yet. I mean, one of the other characters from Miller's talked at the end of season one, so I don't know if Salem would talk in season two, but he didn't. Um... Michelle Gomez plays Mary Wardell, also known as Madam Satan. Uh, oh, is that that woman who who was praying at the beginning and who did the voodoo dolls and like? Yeah, said, I don't know uh, who she is. She's a teacher. She's her teacher. She's her trying to basically school. corrupt Sabrina. Okay. All right. Um, what was she in? She's she was on Doctor Who. She was in The Green Wing, Bad Education, The Book Group. British actress. I don't really know yeah, her. Yeah, she wrote the whole thing. She's trying to fight with um, Blackwood for... Lord Blackwood. She, 
She thinks well, Blackwood has... Blackwood. Blackwood. You're right. It's Blackwood. Yeah. She thinks Blackwood has failed at his charge to bring Sabrina over to the dark side and that she can do it instead. Yes. So are there witches that pray to Satan that are good and witches that pray to Satan that are bad? No, they're all bad. So the, what's the dark the, side? The Spellmans are good. Understand. But they pray to Satan, right? They do. Well, I'm saying they she... Do. She has okay. not been, She did not have her satanic baptism under Blackwood right. and commit herself to Satan. And and okay. so Sabrina's living are Sabrina's okay living with, with things her. like they're okay with things like eating witches alive. That's okay, that episode was gory, but <laughs> Sabrina basically Sabrina's living with her aunts in this show because her parents, right. well, her mother's died and her father mysteriously died as well on his way to see like the high priest of this church with new ideas to reform the church and basically he was trying to make it much more like light like that this is old school type stuff this is bad stuff so he was implied well we find out season two murdered and um yeah at the end of season two the spellmans leave the church okay i think those that's the main cast we can talk about the other characters as they come up Prudence but, um, is pretty important in this one. Okay. Prudence. Prudence. Don't you think so? <laughs> no, I won't argue with that. Prudence Blackwood, who is a Sabrina's classmate at the Academy of the Unseen Arts, is Tati Gabrielle. She was on the CW show The 100, which I heard was actually pretty good, but I never watched it. That canceled early, right? Yeah, but then Netflix, Netflix picked it up. Oh, okay. Uh, she was in the Emoji movie. Oh, which emoji did she play? I don't know. I didn't... Addy. She was Addy. That movie was just terrible. I didn't even bother. <laughs> Can we also mention that Ross Lynch is in this movie? As Sabrina's main love interest? As Harvey, Harvey Kinkle. Kinkle? Yes. Ross Lynch as in Austin and Allie. Ross Lynch. As in Austin and Allie. Ross Boy, Lynch. we have watched some Austin and Allie in this house for several years running. <laughs> He's stuck. <laughs> He starred in the biopic My Friend Dahmer, where he played teenage Jeffrey Dahmer. Yep. And uh, a few yeah. a few appearances on Girl Meets World. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was one more actually that I want to mention. Oh, guest starring as Gryla, the oh, Icelandic yeah. witch, is Heather Darkson, and I don't know who else she's been. In. Tom, what is your history with this show in general? Because it sounds like you've wa- watched it. I tried watching it. I made it to season one, and that was it. Really, please, Sabrina. And Julie, you've had no history. No, I didn't even watch the first Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Um, so like I have the no comedy history. one. Oh yeah, no, I never watched it. Tom, did okay, you watch the Joan comedy Hart one? one? Was amazing. I I'm not a Melissa Joan show. Hart fan, so I think that's why I always stayed away from it. I would have loved to have copied to have picked up like Christmas Amnesia episode for this ep- for this as well, like to compare and contrast Sabrina the Teenage Witch versus the Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. I mean, Remember Sabrina that, the Teenage Witch has yeah, I do. Sabrina the Teenage Witch has awesome Christmas episodes. Another one where Salem runs away at Christmas. I love that. Are you looking for a show for us to do in January, Anthony? I thought you I were the am. one that was. Oh, it is Anthony looking for one. I am. Just throw it maybe, out there, Anthony. Maybe we should do Sabrina. They have some great ones. <laughs> Not a bad idea, Tom. I'll give you credit on the podcast. Um, Christmas miracle. 
<laughs> it's a Christmas it's a Yuletide miracle. <laughs> um, yeah, I watched the show when it came out. I like it. It's not one of my favorite Netflix ones, but I really enjoy it. I like. I really like the comic it's based on, um, which is a lot darker. And I loved the TV, sh- the original TV show with um, Melissa Joan Hart and a really bad puppet animatronic Salem. <sighs> This is as bad as Banks or No, worse. Banks looked awesome. Salem was oh, like man. Banks looked Seriously awesome low budget. Salem. But I mean, Ooh. again, Banks was a but movie But budget. it was endearing. Right. It was right. endearing. So uh, one thing that annoyed me is that um, Lady Satan didn't know what her familiar was. That's didn't know what her what was? Familiar. Did What's she call that? it wrong type to of it bird? as a raven? Yeah, and it was a crow, right? Uh, yeah. Wait, do you not know what a familiar is, Julia? No. So it's familiar in folklore a... is like the animals. That's why black cats are often associated with witches. It's the animal uh-huh. that's close to a witch and helps magnify their powers. And... Oh, Hedgehog. Right. Yeah. yeah. They're usually. Uh, they're usually. Well, I mean, in traditionally traditional folklore, they're demons disguised as animals. Interesting. Which yeah, I kind think of... they are. This show too, because in the first episode, when she gets Salem, it's a demon, and then turns into the cat. Well, and then everything when the iguana gets killed. Yeah. Yep. Um. <laughs> so, I was actually thinking of you when watching this episode, Julia. Because I compare, I was comparing it to, so I always find it interesting when we're doing TV shows. And for our comedy TV shows, we're all, we were all pretty much fans of those shows to begin with. But when we did Supernatural, I know I was the only one who watched it. But I was, when watching that one, I was like, I feel like this is easy enough to jump into. Was this one, like, uber confusing for you? Yeah, I, very. I, because it's been a while, like, I've watched the show once through. This is my second time seeing the episode. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, I don't, <laughs> I have to go back and read like a summary of what's happened before because I, I forget, <laughs> I don't know yeah. what's going on. <laughs> I was a little confused. <laughs> yeah, not the easiest to jump into in the middle, which is fine. I mean, shows aren't written to be jumped into in the middle, some less so than At others. Least, yeah. yeah, drama shows usually. Comedies, right. you can usually just jump on and it's fine. Right. Yeah, so... <laughs> Like Tom said, they're not celebrating Christmas this episode. They're celebrating Yule. Even though Aunt Hilda is constantly keeps referring to it as Christmas. And um, they put Zelda the tree. Zelda keeps correcting pop- her. And Zelda mm-hmm. keeps correcting her. Zelda's, throughout the show, scares me a bit with her sternness. The actress just, uh, she's when she's intense. playing peekaboo, when she's playing peekaboo with that baby in this, <laughs> it was, it was really scary. <laughs> yeah, the baby loved it though. The baby loved it, but they are decorating the tree and putting the garland and the lights up, and they light the Yule log, which Anzelda says can't go out. They have to keep it burning, lest unwelcome visitors come into the house. Because it and protects them during the solstice, right? It protects them during the longest night of the year. Through the non- longest night of the year. Through the solstice. When the, um, 
when they could the the dead could come back when the dead can come back and sabrina's going through something in this episode because in the previous episode she signed the book of the beast in order to save greendale and save her friends who all found out she was a witch at that point so she's been distancing herself and this makes her miss her mother, who was immortal, but somehow had a, made a relationship work with her father. So she really wants to talk to her mom about how she made that work and get advice. And because she's uh, in love with immortal. Because she's yeah. in love with Harvey, and she doesn't. I'm know in love with immortal. <laughs> distancing herself <laughs> or not opens. It's destined really, to be like... a pop, a pop sensation, <laughs> Tom. <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. And you do know what I was referencing, right? No, it was just funny. No, what were you referencing? I'm in love with a stripper. Oh, that's a song? Yeah. I'm in love By with who? She grinding and rolling. I don't know. What? It's terrible. It's awful. It's terrible. <laughs> in love with a stripper. Oh my god. With a stripper. With a stripper. That. I was about to say that's going to bring up stripper. some more. It's by mm. T-Pain. Mm. <laughs> that would be why I'm not familiar with it. <laughs> but yeah, Sabrina's missing her mom. And this episode opens with a kind of sad flashback where she asks Sam, where Santa asks her for what she wants for Christmas. And she just says she just wants to see her mom. And uh, I had to laugh in the first episode because while Hilda is talking to her friend's father, <laughs> she accidentally says, Hail Satan, and then quickly corrects herself. <laughs> And it reminded me of that time I told you autocorrect always corrects it to Satan instead of Santa. <laughs> I never mean Satan. I never, I never mean, mean Satan. Satan. <laughs> Except when I'm talking about this show. And that's when it gets Santa. <laughs> it's so confused. I know. To do. What do you want from me, Anthony? What do you want? <laughs> so Sabrina goes to her teacher to get a spell book, right? Or ask her for advice on how to perform the seance. And her teacher is praying to the Dark Lord and asking why she hasn't been called home to the pit. <laughs> because she got Sabrina to sign the book. She's lacking meaning in her life now. And um, Do you so realize how what... stupid this is? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Okay. Sarah said the exact same thing when she was sitting down watching it with me. She was like, this is over the t- a little over the top. Well, she's a, you have a very gracious wife. <laughs> in the special, in this episode's defense, though, if you're going back to, like, witch lore and stuff, this is probably closer than what other witches have recovered in the show. Harry Potter. <laughs> But Harry Potter's way more entertaining than this. Yes, and Harry Potter doesn't worship Satan. The Dark Lord and Satan is Voldemort, and Harry kills him. Yes, but he killed the devil in this show at the end of season two. Oh, I haven't watched it. After they bring him back, and he's a very attractive, good-looking naked dude for like three episodes, and then they kill him. He stays naked for three episodes. I mean, (laughs) I go to the same. Julia and I have the same concern. Why do you stay naked? No, 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 no. No, he's just, he, he comes back 
he comes back in the nude, but then he's like just shirtless with like loose hanging robes over him the rest of the time. And speaking of better to me. <laughs> speaking of dark lords and robes, did you notice? And I read this in Buzzfeed on Buzzfeed, and I never noticed before. And the last Harry Potter movie, every time a Horcrux is destroyed, Voldemort's robes become tattered and lighter until the end. No. no. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't either. notice that. I need to rewatch them. Right. Hashtag Voldemort's my dark lord. <laughs> oh my god. Hashtag Bellatrix is my Madam Satan. <laughs> Well played, Anthony. <laughs> Julia, this question yes. is for you. <laughs> so, what is the I'm just going to go ahead and warn you, Anthony. The, whatever answer you're hoping to get is not what you're going to get on this, I don't think. <laughs> no, this is an answer I really want to hear. What is the first moment in this episode where you're like, what the crap, man? To be the first Hail Satan, I believe, at the beginning. <laughs> like literally, what, like five minutes into the episode? Not even. Not even. It's the first scene. She says Hail Satan. Yeah, and I was like, oh, <laughs> okay. All right, we're going to start out strong, y'all. <laughs> yeah. I think you expected that. I think any response I give you this episode is going to be exactly what you expected from me. Oh, right. 110%. Yeah. Like, you are not shocking me this episode at all. While Sabrina's getting ready to do the seance and Madam Satan is getting ready to interrupt it and put out the eulog. And Zelda has this thing with the kidnapped baby. <laughs> yeah, that really confused me. <laughs> I don't know what's going on there. Don't worry, it's fine. Super cute it's baby. fine. So she was a midwife for the Church of Night and delivered Lord Blackwood's woman's baby. And right, Blackwood. she died. Lady Blackwood. Yeah, there you go. Lady Whatwood? <laughs> Lady Blackwood's baby. She did. And Lady Blackwood died in labor and she held okay. a lie to Lord Blackwood and said the baby died too. because One of the babies died. One of the babies died. The, one, the, the female one died. Yeah, the male she gave to him. Okay. Because, because he, he is like, yeah, he hates women. He's very misogynist, thinks women should be subservient. And uh, so Zelda decided to lie and take the baby in. And she, see, especially because she never had children herself, which you get the, and that's kind of this underlying theme of this episode. Zelda never had children, kind of sees Sabrina as her own and kind of gets hurt. When she finds out Sabrina tried to summon her mother. Right. Um, but yeah, again, Zelda, very creepy with the child. Glad she never had a baby herself because she did not know how to play peekaboo. <laughs> I mean, no, in her defense, the baby was like digging it. The baby was digging it. Yeah, he was into it. I mean, she, you could t- clearly tell that she loved that baby and that baby loved she, her back. She did. Love finds a way, y'all. Love, love my favorite character though on this show in general is Anne Hilda I love Anne Hilda I just think she's so funny and so sweet and endearing like all the characters she plays isn't she Anne is Hilda consistently much, the same person isn't Anne Hilda kind of your favorite in Sabrina as well besides Salem yeah actually she is I always liked Anne Hilda she's just the nicer aunt well she's kind of ditzy in the other one and very endearing she is very endearing I don't. I still some lady Someone. who I've only ever seen in a Disney Channel original movie. Besides that, do you guys remember Mom's Got a Date with a Vampire? I used to love that movie. Oh, that sounds familiar. 
Nope. It starred her and the guy from The Nanny. Mr. Sheffield? (laughs) Mr. Sheffield. Shaughnessy or whatever his name is. Yeah, that's Oh, Caroline Ray. Caroline Ray plays Hilda. When Sabrina summons her mom during the seance, (laughs) Madame Satan puts out the Yule Log. And all of a sudden, (laughs) the house becomes overrun with these invisible Yule lads. (laughs) who cause mischief and try to kidnap well they do at one point kidnap this baby and put it in the oven and then Hilda <laughs> realizes it's in the oven before uh, <laughs> it burns to death um, but we talk about Christmas traditions on the show the Yule Lads are a real Icelandic Christmas folklore as well, you're is, putting a baby, a baby in the oven that's not a Christmas tradition Anthony <laughs> As is the witch they summon to get rid of the Yule Lads, Gryla. For real? So, yeah. Huh. So, according to Icelandic lore, Gryla is a giantess with an appetite for the flesh of mischievous children who she cooks in a large pot. Her husband, Lepaludi, is lazy and mostly stays home in their cave. <laughs> I'm sorry, but whoever wrote this folklore was a woman, number one, and two, had a lazy husband. <laughs> and uh, during, so she can detect children who are misbehaving year round, and during Christmas time, she comes back from the mountains to search nearby towns for her meal. She leaves her cave, hunts children, and carries them in her giant sack. She devours children as her favorite snack. Her favorite dish is a stew of naughty kids for which she has an insatiable appetite. Gryla supposedly has dozens of children with her previous husband, but they are rarely mentioned nowadays. <laughs> yeah, and the Yule Lads in folklore are the sons of Gryla and her husband, a group of 13 mischievous pranksters who steal from or harass a population and have descriptive names that convey their favorite way of harassing. <laughs> harassing they come to town one by one during the last 13 nights before christmas yule they leave small gifts in shoes that children place on windowsills but the child has been disobedient they instead leave a potato in the shoe so in in folklore the yule lads don't sound as bad um one of them is a sheep coat clod and he harasses sheep (laughs) and is impaired by his stiff peg legs (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well guys here goes my night oh my gosh what about the door sniffer he has a huge nose and an insatiable appetite for stolen baked goods <laughs> and there is also one, finally one of these i can get behind and agree with there is also a yule cat not mentioned in this episode but while we're on the subject the yule cat in icelandic folklore is a huge and vicious cat who lurks about the snowy countryside during christmas time and eats people who have not received any new clothes to wear before christmas eve oh my gosh Oh man! If we have any Icelandic listeners who would love to come on and t- tell us more about your Christmas traditions, I would love to hear more because these sound like interesting. Um, I'm throwing this out there as a potential bonus episode where we all pick some Christmas folklore and well, that'd be uh, cool. basically do a report, record yes. it, and put them together. Let's do and that. I'm going awesome. to. 
I'm going to add to that and say we have a lot of foreign listeners. So if we can get like maybe like three from other countries around the world, other areas around the world to come on too, that would be a lot of fun. Yeah. It'd be like a real life Epcot Christmas. (gasps) That's what we can call it. I think that'd be a good Christmas in July episode. We love our Christmas in July big episodes. Okay, so that's another question about, and it's not just with this. When did Hail Satan become a thing? Like, I feel like that can't be that original. Like, it can't be an original thing. I don't think it is. I remember videos from, like, years ago on the internet of Winnie the Pooh doing his little tummy dance in front of the mirror saying, Hail Satan. Do you remember that? A bowl full of dead mice for Lord Satan. Yeah, you remember that? (laughs) Oh, I do. Wait, like, for real? Or somebody dubbed over it? Somebody Somebody dubbed dubbed over over it. it. Okay, I'm like, like, hold up. (laughs) Satan. Satan, Satan. I mean, this show, this show is sued by the Satanic Temple. Was it really? <laughs> because Why? they used their goat sculpture at the magic school and didn't. Bethlehem is a common like image of Satan that predates. The well, anyway, they worked out some kind of settlement. So. Huh. Which sucks because they. Have, this is why we can't have nice things. Yeah, exactly. So, so while you be happy, um, yeah, right. You're getting free documentary on Netflix. 1808. Well, what is it? The Monk of Cambry by an evil monk who uses his pact with Satan to advance in the ranks of the Catholic Church and finally become Pope. I did not learn that bit of my religious history. <laughs> It's your version of the Tulsa race riots. <laughs> Way to bring it back. Did you learn about the you time? like how I connected that full circle? <laughs> did you learn about the time that your people slaughtered my people when we asked for help and welcomed you into our city? I did learn about that. Okay, I'm just making sure you know about the Fourth Crusades. And on behalf of my people, I apologize. <laughs> Look at us making some reconciliation right here on the podcast. <laughs> but I think Pope John um, Paul II also apologized and returned a bunch of relics to us. Well, I think that matters a lot more than me apologizing to you on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so these Yule lads come in, wreck the house, try to burn the baby alive, and Zelda decides to summon Gryla to take them away. Take her children. Yes. To take her children away and leave them alone. And... Um, has Sabrina but they hide, have to hide the baby? The, yeah, hide the baby so Gryla doesn't kidnap it. So they have Sabrina go down to the morgue because they live in a funeral home, and uh, they summon Gryla and try to make her an offering. And they offer her baked goods and an assortment <laughs> of food, and she ends up asking for gin, and they end up drinking with her for a bit. Mm-hmm. And, and trust when she's, and yeah. She hears the baby, tells her she's about to leave. She says the baby, she's going to take the baby. And uh, Sabrina's mom appears at this point after being summoned and disappearing earlier and says she will be the judge about whether Zelda or Gryla gets to keep the baby. Okay, coming from an adoption place, this is really rough, y'all. This mm-hmm. is not kind to adoptive families. Her comment is, as the only one of you who has actually been a mother, and it's like, hmm... Zelda's been taking care of Sabrina for quite some time now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Zelda's, I mean, we never, Zelda's a mom. We never mm-hmm. got 
yeah, they never specify how long Zelda and Hilda have had Sabrina, but Sabrina makes a comment. She wishes she could have celebrated Yule at least once with her parents. So you get the impression they've had her since she was at least a baby. Uh, it's been a minute. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they yeah. basically do this. Uh, they put the baby in this <laughs> circle of salt. This <laughs> is such a weird. I get yeah, they do they're the going. King Solomon. They do King, King Solomon. Solomon's the baby. Test. Yeah. Yeah. And. Zelda won't do it. She won't have. So Sabrina's mom. It's a good bit of acting right there, can I say. Watching Miranda Otto struggle acting about, you know, that she loves the baby. I mean, it's a great bit of acting from her. The acting is very good. Like her and Hilda are both very good actresses. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, absolutely. But what power does Sabrina's mom bring to the equation here? Like, why does she get to claim she's the authority just because she's dead? She said she walked hand in hand with, uh, like she had a crown. Who was it she walked with? Um, there was a, oh yeah. She was there with the help of the angel Lucia and the, and the demon Lucy and possessing their authority. She set up that contest. Oh, that's right. That's right. So Zelda can see, Zelda gives up the baby but turns out Sabrina and her mom swapped the baby. They took a page out of their playbook. It Did was a changeling, changeling spell. spell. Mm-hmm. And so while all this is going on, there's a subplot with one of Sabrina's friends. The Santa at the mall is actually a demon who uh, is turning people into wax. And, Which is uh, super terrifying. convenient timing, <laughs> given <Right>. <laughs> our particular <laughs> villain witches propensity to want children so that worked out well so they have to they have to call her back to help them <laughs> defeat this because she is hella mad <laughs> she had a bear walking out of that house and not a baby can i say yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but that anger is nothing compared to what we're going to see with this guy who's hurting kids right what kind of anger do we see with this guy tom she goes like beyond ballistic. I which that bit that of folklore is interesting. The demon, like her protecting kids too at the same time. Yeah. If I if I can't kill the kids, nobody can type thing. Yeah, it was confusing, <laughs> but it was the. I it, found that a little odd. Yeah, it was odd, but again, it served the plot well. It did, but like her anger at him hurting the kids was just, and he was a demon, so I'm not sure how she was able to overcome him so easily. Oh, wait. Hold on. Well, she's like a witch, right? Yeah. I don't know. It Do, was crazy. Can witches not defeat demons? No, they can. And the Spellmans are, as it's always said they, on the show, you know, they're the witches. The most, they're pretty powerful power family. So <clears throat> they defeat this demon, and fearing that. Gryla could return at any moment for their baby, whether a day, a week, a month from now, they decide. Zelda decides, sadly, she has to give the baby. So um She also realizes her- that she can't hide it from, from Lord Blackwood. Lord Blackwood either. forever. Yep. Blackwood. Why are we all having such a hard time with his name? <laughs> because I feel like Blackwell is in so many different stories, and this guy's is is. Blackwood. Um <laughs> So she gives up the baby. 
to Desmelda. They she says they're going to take her to Desmelda after the holidays and give the baby to her so she could teach her the old ways. And she's like this ancient old crone of a witch who was very powerful. So I can't and, say with a hundred percent certainty, but I read this story recently about a guy, Anatoly Moshkevin. Moshkevin. And uh, he lived with his parents, and he went to um, cemeteries and exhumed 29 girls beyond the, between ages of 3 and 25, mummified them, and turned them into dolls in his apartment. So I don't know if That's they fun. gathered... It seems like the, they may have gathered inspiration from that story for this. Hmm. Oh. Sounds like a stand-up guy. Uh, he was a physicist, I think. Wow. He's a scientist of some sort. <clears throat> so, and then this, so Sabrina has one last conversation with her mother in this episode. So she summoned her mother who is in limbo and never actually moved on because of unfinished business. And I actually thought this moment between mother and daughter was actually really sweet. And it's um, because her mother replies, she was afraid her daughter wasn't going to be loved as she herself would have loved and protected her. And she was pleased now and reassured now that she knows Sabrina has two mothers and a family who will love and look out for her. And, uh, you know, that I thought that was sweet. Like, that was a nice little, because Zelda was had to give up the baby. It made, kind of made Sabrina have to appreciate, put the ball on her head. She has to appreciate her aunts a little more. Mm. Which, I like that scene. And then she gives her a warning. She said she would never recommend doing what she did to Sabrina in terms of dragging a mortal into witch's business. Right. And uh, I e. Ditch Harvey. I, I. E. Ditch Harvey. And uh, before the two of them can really hug or hold one another, the Yule Log goes out and she disappears. And then on Christmas Eve... Which is somewhat confusing because I thought the Yule Log is what was supposed to keep her away. <laughs> I, I, that's a good point. I'm not going to argue that point. Just throwing it out there. Um, and I like the other Harvey a lot more than this Harvey. You mean goofy yeah. um, Harvey? <laughs> yeah. Is Sabrina Teenage Witch Harvey? Yeah. Played by He's Nate Rickert. He's a lot more fun. A lot less all upset about his brother getting killed in a mine. Yeah, Sabrina and Harvey have this sad heart-to-heart. Harvey says he understands she had good intentions, but he's still bitter over his brother's death. Well, she brought his brother back to, to life and didn't like know what she was doing. And then I really like the final scene where they all gather around the living room on Christmas Eve. Zelda and Ambrose and Hilda and Sabrina and Salem and the Ambrose reads a Christmas carol after Sabrina toasts, Satan bless us everyone. Ha ha ha. <laughs> and uh, that's a nice bow at the end of the special. And if Is it though? It was a, if it, if it was if it was a one-off, it would have ended there with a pan out. But I guess because this is leading into season two, we got that last shot of three demons escaping hell in the Greendale Forest. 
as he was reading about the three ghosts of Christmas. And boom, four month wait until season two. <gasps> and that was a midwinter's tale. <laughs> that was something. Yeah, that was something. <laughs> it was something. I don't even need to ask what you two think about it. But tell us anyway, for posterity's sake. I really tried to give the show a chance. I just found it to be so over the top and cheesy. And I tried the whole first season. So we're talking about a Christmas episode where they're overtly saying it's not supposed to be Christmas. And something about celebrating the Lord, the birth of our Lord and God and Savior Jesus Christ, the incarnate, the incarnation of God as man. And riddling an episode about that with Hail Satan just rubs me a little bit the wrong way. That is fair. Maybe I'm weird. Julia? (laughs) (laughs) We can be weird together. (laughs) Um, So this one is interesting because there were atmospheric moments that felt delightfully Christmassy. And I enjoyed that very much. But the subject matter... And specifically for me, the Satan stuff was like just a hard no, like a hard no. So I don't think it's Christmassy. I don't think it's a Christmas episode. (laughs) I think it's an episode set at Christmas. Yeah. So same thing Tom said. But it is odd when we get atmosphere and no true Christmas feels, you know. That seems out so of I think it's a Christmas episode, and I'll argue that point. And I Even think though it they specifically a, say it's not. I, I do. And, I, uh, and I'll even say it passes the Linus test at the end, too. The family stuff tied it together for me at the end. Okay, so, all right, I'm going to push back a little bit. Give me just a second here. The entire thing we based the Linus moment on is Linus explaining what the, real, what the meaning of Christmas is all about and reading the gospel narrative of the birth of Christ. So we're saying... Right now, that what ends with Satan bless us everyone is part of a Linus moment. I am going to say, in the end, realizing they have a f- the family moment did it for me. From her last conversation with her mother through the end, where they're all sitting around the fire together, Sabrina is now appreciating her aunts, and he's sitting there reading a Christmas carol. Yeah, that did it for me. It gave me the feels. Passed the Linus test for me, my book. Okay. I'm gonna take a hard pass on the Linus test. That's fair. Um, <laughs> I feel like Sabrina comes to the antithesis of the Linus moment. <laughs> Julia, Linus test. So while I don't think that we always view the Linus test with specifics to his comments about scripture, right? Like we don't always take the Linus test. Like in Die Hard, we weren't like, oh. John McClane realized that Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, and that's what Christmas is all about, right? We don't always tie it in. <laughs> specificity like watching. Like the religious watching. part. So while we don't always do that, um, that definitely doesn't fit with this respect. I get where Anthony is coming from with the family stuff, uh-huh. but I don't think the family stuff has any connection to Christmas or Yule log or solstice, even in this episode. I think the family stuff she recognizes because of her mom. So to me, the two aren't connected. 
at all. Well, and not just her mom, but also See, a dead witch that also a dead witch that kills children. <laughs> I'm not going to make fun of another culture's Christmas folklore, even though we spent an hour doing that earlier. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. They don't. The her killing ch- and kidnapping children is not part of the folklore. That's something that they embellished here. So I'm making fun of the the, the created folklore here. I find that actually fun and endearing. It says Gryla is a giantess with an appetite for the flesh of mischievous children who she cooks. But she doesn't like collect these children with her, right? What? She's not like collecting the children and taking them with her out of a longing to have children. She just likes to eat kids. And uh, I'm going to go ahead and say I will make fun of that. Well, it was a little different in the show. She has a longing for kids in the show. Right. Yeah. She's yeah, and in the real folklore, she doesn't. in the show she is more linusy in the show but i don't think she has a linus moment at all no she gryla no yeah okay no she I'm still just... wants that baby but i'm she gonna that baby i'm gonna she push back a little against what you said julia <laughs> and say okay. the family moment doesn't tie into the christmas thing mm-hmm. i would say we have covered multiple movies on our podcast took me away where the family change doesn't have anything to do with, to do the, with the holiday itself yeah but none of those end with Hail Satan. <laughs> which is the antithesis of Christmas. That, so that's the hang up, right? Is that yeah. for Tom and I, I guess. I think, is... I think it's just harder for people with actual religious convictions. Oh my Lord. Don't even. It's <laughs> just wrong. Anthony's, don't I wish the podcast could see Anthony's, <laughs> Anthony's smile right now. I wish you listeners could see the smile in response to that. It was great. Also lets me know Anthony knows I was kidding, but <laughs> smile, the smile had a little, uh, was a little uh, seething. But no, um, I just, for me, and I'm not saying it's not for Anthony. That's not at all my implication here. Because um, I realized after that joke, it could be construed that way. For me, I cannot remove the Christ element. And like, I know I brought it up sometimes, you know, we bring up the religious aspect sometimes. Um, but I can't classify it as a Christmas movie when it is intentionally self-aware that it is anti-Christmas and anti-Christ in the strictest sense of the the word. Yeah. I mean, I feel the same way, but I get how this one's super tricky too. It is tricky. If it, if it didn't have the, the, if Zelda wasn't through the whole thing saying, Oh, this isn't Christmas, this isn't Christmas. And they didn't end with the, the family's hail Satan. I feel like, so I, I can't, be... I can't, I can't argue your bit about the Satanism. I and I'm not going to even try. I'm not even going to. Try Thank you for to. not defending Satan on our Christmas <laughs> podcast, Anthony. For that, well, I think I would. I would say, in terms of Zelda constantly saying this isn't Christmas, this isn't Christmas, they were being tongue in cheek about it because on the other side they kept having Hilda refer to it as Christmas. Oh, do you want to do the Christmas tree later? Or do you want to put it the Christmas baking later? So I think they were being tongue-in-cheek with Zelda and Hilda in terms of Yule and Christmas. Satan stuff I'm not going to argue with. But I think in terms of whether or not, you know, yeah, Zelda doesn't refer to it as Christmas, but clearly Hilda and maybe Sabrina in a way refer think of it as Christmas. But, the music's lovely. And it certainly looked Christmas. I... <laughs> I mean, you said it earlier, the atmosphere. It certainly looks Christmas. Oh, those stockings were beautiful. Mm-hmm. The tree was beautiful. 
The tree was beautiful. The, the set in general for these, for this show is beautiful. Like oh, it's their beautiful house. scenery, yeah. It's a remarkable set. all their set. episodes. Is it? Yeah. Their set, set design like, does a really good job. Yeah, they do. I like that when you go through the house, it kind of looks like nature over Tokyo. Yes. Or like that, it kind of sprouted from nature, which mm-hmm. is a very like witchy thing, I feel. But hey, I'm not, I'm not defending the special as a whole. It did not have enough of a talking cat for me. <laughs> it's sorely lacking in talking cat. I feel I like they, it needed more. It needed a I lot. I feel more like that is what they are trying to do with that Ambrose character and yet have the cat too. They're trying to have Salem, but not have Salem. They're trying to have their Salem and Ambrose did. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying, that's exactly what I was trying to do. I was like, how do I turn that into have their cake and eat it too? But then yeah. I realized there's no way to do it without Have their Sam Ambrose and, Sa- and Salem too. <laughs> <laughs> I do miss Salem a lot, but I, Ambrose character is fun. He is, but that's what Salem was on the original show, right? He right. was a fun, confidant, sarcastic best friend to Sabrina. Yep. <clears throat> but like I said, and, I, I I miss the the. I know it's what it's going for. It's going for that same thing Riverdale is, sexy AF high school, but um, <laughs> I miss the whimsy and the fun that um, Melissa Joan Hart brought to brought to Sabrina. Right. And now I really want to watch the original Sabrina. Julie, I think you'd like it a lot. Yeah. I really do. It's, right. it's well, cute. It's fun. It's good for the family. Yeah. Maybe, okay. maybe somebody will put it on their TV list for January since he still hasn't decided on a TV show. And so the good thing about it too, Julia, is you don't need... It's more of a, a traditional sitcom. You don't need... You can pick it up. Me, you don't need backstory. Yeah. The only backstory you need is it's the same backstory in terms of Sabrina lives with her aunts and her mother was immortal and her father is a witch. Yep. And Salem is a cat because he tried to figure out the world and it was his punishment by the witch's council. He has to serve he continually years as a tries cat. to take over the world. <laughs> oh my gosh, he seriously? Not given up on his, he has not given up on his main <laughs> aspiration in life. No. That's funny. It is really do you funny. Remember, do you remember that episode? Tom, you watched the whole show, right? Uh-huh. Do you want, remember the episode where he was up for a parole and he couldn't stop himself from saying he would do try to do the exact He would do it again. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I remember. Um, and then there's the episode where he tries again. He does try again. Yeah. <laughs> and he has to live with them because Hilda was one of his... Uh, one one of his uh, plotters, and that's her punishment. She has to take care of him. She has to take care of him? <laughs> yep. uh, oh, so good. <laughs> So we're clearly, and Digress. understandably, not going to reach a consensus here. Like Julie said, this is a tricky one. And I'd be very mm-hmm. curious to see what our listeners think of this one. Because mm-hmm. I know we have some listeners who are fans of the show. So I'd, like to, I'd be curious to see if they, you know, what they think if this is Christmassy or not. Where they land on this, mm-hmm. in this yeah. debate. What are we ranking this? And this is going on our miscellaneous TV rankings. It's, Okay, there's the 30 Rock list, the Modern Family list, the Office list, the Parks and Rec list, the Simpsons list, the Glee list, the Friends list. Oh, there it is. The miscellaneous TV list. <laughs> We've been doing this a while, guys. Oh. So what are you guys ranking this? I'll just agree with whatever Julia says right now. <laughs> okay, I'm coming in at a 0.5. 
Tom agrees. And I'm giving it a seven. So that brings <laughs> the average to 2.67, which puts it fourth on this list after A Very Supernatural Christmas, The Brady Bunch, The Voice of Christmas, The Ghost of Stole Christmas. And now this is fourth. So. Oh, The Brady right. Bunch was terrible. Oh, it's so bad. That's not the one you guys hated. That's not the one I hated. (laughs) I just hear Brady Bunch and Christmas in the same sentence, and I'm like, oh, that movie. (laughs) Oh, the Brady Bunch movie, yeah. I didn't mind the show. Gotcha. The show one is one of those classic TV episodes. It is. It's sweet. Uh, Good news, y'all. All of the Tis the Podcast stickers are addressed and going out in the mail tomorrow. Yay. So, like we mentioned... I want to know what our listeners think about this episode. Is it a Christmas special? Does it pass the Linus test? It's a hard one. That's what she said. Title of your sex tape. And um, you can let us know via all of our social media channels, Facebook, where we have a new, awesome, interactive Facebook group. So if you go to our page, Facebook slash the podcast and request to join our group you will be approved right away and it's a lot of fun we get a lot of interaction on there uh, uh it is on fire is anthony oh i was gonna say it is on fire and anthony is crazy posting lots of stuff mm-hmm. i can't even keep up with it <laughs> so there's something for everyone <laughs> yes um another place that has a lot of interaction is reddit our subreddit reddit.com slash tis podcast reddit.com slash r slash tis the podcast and we also have or twitter at tis the podcast.com slash reddit tis the podcast.com slash reddit tis the podcast.com slash twitter tis the podcast.com slash instagram and just visit tis the podcast.com because that's where you'll find our definitive rankings as well as links to our episodes and links to all these social media sites. So check it out. Where else can they go if they want bonus content, guys? Y'all. Tisthepodcast.com slash Patreon. And we have a brand new Patreon episode that's up for you where we talked about Charlie Brown's Halloween, the Great Pumpkin Charlie Brown episode. It's fun for as little as a dollar a month. You can get that. Um, All of our... Podcast listeners should have their Chris, their new stickers by the time this episode drops. And they get a discount on our store, which is shop.tisthepodcast.com. We have a store? What's on our, what type of items are on our, in our store, Tom? We have a Tis the Podcast ornament. We have buttons, little pins. We have an ornament. We have t-shirts. And we have hoodies. And mugs. And a mug. And a mug. Yeah. Which we all need to order and have the mug on when we record, y'all. Definitely. We should. Um, that sounds awesome, Tom. And we have other fun Patreon episodes coming up. We are going to do something on a Charlie Brown Thanksgiving prior to Thanksgiving. And we may or may not have a Star Wars episode in the works with one of our loyal listeners. So stay tuned for that. Julie, do you want to announce the next two weeks? Now that we're in November, so it's our kick off to christmas month so next week we're going to cover prancer the week after that we're going to cover garfield's christmas which i know a lot of people are excited about i'm so excited for that one yep 
And that is like, we're in like the downhill slope to all the Christmas goodie episodes coming up. Y'all, we're getting pretty darn close. Mm-hmm. You know that we have only 1,392 hours until Christmas. That's only 58 days. That is eight weeks. So we have eight episodes. We only have eight episodes left. We're only going to be talking eight more times. I only on talk Zoom. to you eight more times before Christmas. And then. Oh my gosh. No, you're going to talk to us more because we're going to be doing Patreon episodes and stuff. Still crazy close. Crazy close. But. Before Christmas, it's Halloween, and Halloween is this week, guys. So have a happy Halloween. Don't go lighting any black flame candles and bring witches back from the dead. <laughs> and uh, if you're going to wait in the pumpkin patch with a great pumpkin, make sure you're sincere. Otherwise, you won't visit. <laughs> and make very clear to your significant other what's about to go down. I, yes. <laughs> and with that, we bid happy you Halloween. adieu. Oh, there's no place like home for the holidays Cause no matter how far away you roam When you pine for the sunshine of a friendly gaze For the holidays you can't beat home, sweet home I met a man who lives in Tennessee He was heading for Pennsylvania And some homemade pumpkin pie From Pennsylvania folks are traveling down to Dixie's sunny shore From Atlantic to Pacific Gee, the traffic is terrific Oh, there's no place like home for the holidays Cause no matter how far away you roam If you want to be happy in a million ways for the holidays, you can't beat home, sweet home. Take a bus, take a train, go and hop an aeroplane. Go to the white and kiddies in the family car. For the pleasure that you bring when you make that doorbell ring. No trip could be too far. I met a man who lives in Tennessee. He was heading for Pennsylvania and some homemade pumpkin pie. From Pennsylvania, folks are traveling down to Dixie's sunny shore. From Atlantic to Pacific, gee, the traffic is terrific. Oh, there's no place like home for the holidays. million ways for the holidays you can't beat home sweet home for the holidays